y'all welcome to lace convos with you and if you're hearing this voice you already know my voice we go together real bad at this point so you know you know who this is it's your girl Jew. <laughs> and we're back again for another episode of just some 100 keeping it lace real talk um transparent sexy hilarious moments and of course just me living my life out in full color and you're coming along for the ride and the journey um if anything I'm saying everything you thought about, but just didn't have the balls to say. So we're here now. Why not share it? But before we get started, let's go ahead and set the mood, set the tone of the room. Do what you need to do to relax, wind down, put the kids to bed, please. Because this is not PG anything. <laughs> it's rated MA, mature ass people only. Okay. Um, But put the kids to bed, relax, dim the lights, light a candle, pour up. Whatever it is that your your drink of choice is, do that and let's talk about it. Well, I hope you guys are having a great week thus far. Um, I'm over here living off of a dream and a whole lot of naps from this extended weekend that we just had with Labor Day. But it's been some well or much needed um, rest that I needed. And I can't complain. I've slept a whole lot. A whole lot. I think I've had more naps than a newborn <laughs> in, the, in the matter of days, but um, it was well needed rest. Um, I needed to mentally calm myself down and that's exactly what I did. You know what I mean? Exactly what I did. But it also gave me some time to let my creative juices kind of like calm their nerves a little bit. Cause I, listen, coming up with this stuff, it's easy, but then again, it's a little, Ooh, child, because I don't want to step on nobody's toes. But then again, I don't give a damn, you know, pick somebody else, pick another podcast if you're stepping on your toes. No, <laughs> but um, just coming up with the topics and a discussion to, you know, present to the table and present to you guys and to publish. It's a big deal for me because I know that. One, I don't exactly know who's listening and what parts they're listening to. So I want to make sure that whatever I say is intentional where either maybe it gives it serves you in entertainment or maybe it gives you a gem to live off of. I don't know. But you just want to be intentional about what you put out there. And so I try to be mindful of that. Um, <clears throat> I don't consider it fluff or anything like that, but I just try to be mindful and be strategic about what it is I say because I know that Sometimes people can be impressionable and people take what you say and they um they sometimes can live by it. So I want to make sure that whatever I say, I can set my name next to it and sleep good at night, you know? So for episode three, I wanted to talk about the audacity because, <laughs> baby, the audacity is high. It's running rampant with the niggas out here. I'm just saying it's running very rampant. <laughs> but the audacity is at an all-time high. And I think I need to be the person to say, what the hell? But, but the good person in me told me, maybe not this week, next week. And I'm okay with that. Um, No, but seriously, I try to obey the spirit or, or obey my discernment. Whatever comes into my gut, that gut intuition, that, that feeling of maybe we should do something else. And I got this feeling over, you know, audacity, like, eh, it's cool, but I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. That's not what the people need to hear on today. And I'm like, well, if that's not it, then what is it? Because I don't know. And overnight, within 24 hours, just last night, um, I went to bed and I was like, well, I guess we're going to see what happens. And... I went to bed, I woke up, and I clearly saw what happened. I was presented with this this topic that obviously needs to be talked about. So, we here now, why not? Um, episode three, it's basically, it's expensive to be me. And you can take that as you want to, but that's what it is. It's expensive to be me. 
Now, do I mean like literally monetary wise? Is it expensive to be me? Absolutely, because rent is high as hell. <laughs> Mortgages is high. Uh, gas is high. Groceries is high. Everything is high. But what I mean by that is not just the superficial stuff, not the monetary stuff, not the, oh, it takes this to get my nails, my feet done, to put gas in my car, to feed myself or my children. Um, It takes this to keep my hair done. It takes this to maintain my aesthetics. No, I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is the priceless things, the things that it takes to help me maintain me mentally, spiritually, um, you know, to help maintain my mindfulness, to help, you know, keep me sane, <laughs> literally, um, to help build my confidence, to help, you know, expand my horizon and my perspective, to help myself grow as a person, as a woman, as an individual, if I was a man, as a man, like I'm talking about that type of stuff. And so what I realize is, a lot of times people forget that part. We be quick to be like, well, a man got to do X, Y, Z. He got to pay the bills. He got to pay for my hairline. He got to take me on trips. He got to put me on jets. He got to buy me diamonds. He got to buy me the nicest bags. And don't get me wrong. That's nice stuff too. Because I got a couple of bags I'm eyeing. I ain't going to lie to you. It's nice. But. Is it really what I need? You remember just last week we just talked about this. Between needs and wants. Between preferences and standards. And so I'm like, well, if it's expensive to be me, what makes that? What makes me so expensive? What is it about me that requires so much attention? That requires so much detail. And then it boils down to, well, how do I get to that? How do I, how do I know this? What are, where are the receipts? How can I stamp this and say, yeah, this is true. This is accurate. This, this, this adds up. The math is mathing. And it all begins with self-love. Do you love yourself? Are you investing in you? So, um, and I'm just going to tell you my experience, as I always do. Um, My experience when it comes to self-love is, one, I really didn't know what self-love meant. I thought self-love meant you just being a productive person, you being responsible, you taking care of yourself. Um, You know, wake up, brush your teeth, do your hair, put on makeup look good, go to work, be productive, come home. If you have kids, take care of your kids. And if you have friends, cool. If you have a social life, even better. And that's it. That's self-love. That's what I thought. I didn't really think further more or further into it, right? And so I come to realize that that is not what the hell self-love means. (laughs) But it took someone else exposing me And exposing what I thought was true and what I thought was real as, no, this is invalid and this is not correct. It took me going to therapy and knowing like, oh, wow. Wow. You know, being exposed to the truth. Um, So I remember I was battling. I was in a really dark space um, mentally, just trying to get out of that dark hole, right? And so gradually I'm working, working towards the, the end of the tunnel and I can see some light. And so I get to this point where, ooh, I only got a couple more steps to go and I'm there. I'm good. I'm back to my old self. I'm moving to Houston. This is going to be all brand new. Perfect. Child. (laughs) The move to Houston was very beneficial. Don't get me wrong. It did help. And it definitely planted me in a position where I needed to get further assistance and I needed to go further in my self-work, right? So, of course, I get here and then I'm like, oh, my goodness, I got to get settled. I got to unpack. I got to do this. I wanted to find a job locally here where I can go into the office. And boom, it all works out. Everything works out. Everything aligns. It all happens. But then I'm still in this rut. I'm still in this rut. 
And then I end up getting caught up in this whole little situationship. <laughs> I get caught up in a situationship that actually tests, tests my ability to know a want versus a need. Tests my ability to know what a standard is and what an expectation is. Tests my ability to know when enough is enough. You know, basically test me on all ends. Okay. This person was sent and I know this for a fact, this person was sent as a test for me to say, okay, since you're not getting the hints, we're going to go ahead and give you one big ass test. Okay. To see whether or not you're going to fail, pass or fail. It's pass or fail. Ain't no in between. And sure enough, I failed. I failed that thing. I surely did, but it was a lesson in it. So as I always like to say, I don't believe in failures. I believe in lessons. And one of the biggest lessons of that whole situationship was I didn't love myself. I was not practicing self-love because if I was, I would have recognized that person for what he was at face value, for what he presented at face value, for what he couldn't, for what he could not serve me at face value, for what he could not provide. And one thing about me, I don't ask for material things. I mean, if you decide to gift me with something, that's nice. I appreciate it. But what I want from you is something that it doesn't require you to go out and buy. And he couldn't provide that for me. But I couldn't recognize that because what? I lacked it for myself. So I get into therapy with the new therapist here. And... I'm like, okay, I've gone to therapy before. I've done the self-work. You know, I maybe took a little hiatus from it, but I'm familiar with this. But this therapist is completely different. First of all, she's a homegirl, okay? Not literally my homegirl, but she's a black woman. So she relates. She understands. She gets me. She sees me for who I am. She already knows. She knows what's, what's up. So instantly... As we're going session by session and she recognizes that, no, nah, I need to see you on a weekly. Okay, I ain't crazy, but she's just saying, you know, I need to see you on a weekly. And I, I hate to use the word crazy because that's, that's, that's not it. But what I'm saying is she needed to see me weekly because I was that deep back into that hole after that situation. So we get to seeing each other on a weekly basis and she recognized a lot of the things that I needed to be accountable for, not blaming him. What did you do to entertain this? Why did you think that this was okay to entertain? And then I recognized that one day she asked me, okay, so now that we know that we're done with him, at least for the moment, because you know we all got that moment where we man go back, I'm just saying. Now that we know that we're done with him, Let's focus on us. And I'm like, I always focus on me. I'm single. I live by myself. I moved down here to Houston by myself. What do you mean? It's always been about me. Nah. So she asks me, what do you know about self-love? How does self-love look like to you? What does that look like to you? How do you identify self-love? And I'm like, well, just like I told y'all just now. You know, it's me being responsible, me being productive, me keeping myself busy, me, you know, maybe I go to the movies or two by myself, go out to dinner. It's me just waking up, doing what I need to do, put on some makeup. Maybe I think I'm cute one day or not, but that's really it. And she just was like, yeah, no, that's not, that's not it. (laughs) That's not it. Now, granted, everybody's definition of self-love will look different because obviously it's not a one size fit all. But the gist of it was not what I had in mind. And it took her clearing that up for me to say, no, you deserve better than that. That's not the self-love that you deserve. So per usual, I'm going to go ahead and Google what does self-love mean. Self-love per Google means regard for one's own well-being and happiness. Self-love is a state of appreciation for oneself that grows from actions that support our physical, psychological, and spiritual growth. Self-love means having a high regard for your own well-being and happiness. 
Self-love means taking care of your own needs and not sacrificing your well-being to please others. So a part of what it takes to maintain who I am through and through as an individual includes implementing self-love. And what does self-love look like to me? Self-love looks like acknowledging and accepting who I am at face value. Acknowledging and accepting my past, my current, my present, and my future. Accepting my flaws and my my strengths. Accepting, you know, my weak moments. Accepting that I can't do everything. Accepting that I'm not perfect. Accepting that there are some things that I do need to work on. Accepting the fact that I have to be accountable for the shit that I do. Accepting what I look like in the mirror, accepting what I may sound like, accepting where I am, you know, in the professional realm, accepting the fact that I'm single, accepting the fact that I may, may not um, be the best friend, daughter, family member, whatever the case is, accepting it, not saying that I'm going to settle or I'm going to give myself excuses to get away with stuff that I shouldn't. It's accepting the fact that this is what it is at face value. And if it's something that I do not like and I have the ability to change, I would do whatever the hell I need to do to do that. That's what self-love looks like to me. Acknowledging who I am and accepting myself for what it is. And keeping myself accountable. So the three A's, acknowledge, accept, accountable wait acknowledge accept accountability sorry (laughs) so with me doing that and recognizing that I lacked that on all ends when it came to how I reviewed myself how I perceived myself regardless of what anybody else thinks this is my viewpoint I lacked answers for all three of those things I lacked anything like I I couldn't even put it together Because all these years, I thought self-love meant just the superficial, what was presented to other people, right? So now that I know self-love for me is the three A's, acknowledge, accept, accountability, what else is included in that? How else do I show myself self-love? By giving myself grace. The same grace that I give to other people. I'm the type of person where almost like jobs where they give you, you have some jobs that give you PTO and then you have some jobs that you have to earn the PTO. In Janelle's mind, as of lately or in previous years, it's been you automatically get the PTO, meaning I automatically trust you off that, right? I automatically give you the benefit of the doubt. Until you prove me otherwise. Until you prove that you can't handle that, that you can't be trusted, that I can't, you know, um, I can't have that rapport with you. Over the years, that has been proven that maybe that's not the best thing. And maybe in some cases, it's not really a a one-size-fits-all standard for everybody that's in my life. Maybe that's okay for some people that I have a higher regard for. And maybe it's not okay for some people that have to build that trust, that have to build that rapport. But as time goes on, my perspective changes. I evolve. My mental mindset completely changes. I see things for what it is. I see things at face value. I recognize that my standards have changed. I recognize that my requirements, my expectations have evolved. So allowing myself grace to understand myself, giving myself patience, the same grace that I give others, the same benefit of the doubt that I give others, I need to apply that to me. I need to give myself that same that same benefit because life be life in the hell out of me. I don't know about y'all, but it be life in the hell out of me. Okay. Every day is a damn lesson. And at this point, I'm I'm, I'm becoming a scholar. Okay. (laughs) At this point, (laughs) but as they say, if you're not learning, you're not growing. If you're not growing, you're not living. You're just existing. And that's one thing I don't want to do anymore. I don't want to exist. I want to live. 
I want to be active, actively living. So, in addition to grace and patience, um, I also want to be soft. I know everybody has heard this many times, especially since it's a trendy term for it now. It's the whole soft life. I want the soft life. I want the easy life. I want the, you know, people catering to me. I want my man to give me the soft and the the, the prim and the proper and the, you know, baby, you can have whatever you want. But why can't I give that to myself first? So that way, when I am approached by a man that wants to give me that affection, wants to love on me in that way, I can be comfortable in that. I can accept that without questioning the intentions of it. I can receive it without any hesitations or reluctance. I can receive it and not have it in the back of my mind. Ooh, he being too nice. This is going way too, way too smooth. Because let's be honest, us women, well, I'm not even going to put that on women. Men probably have the same issue um, where if someone is treating you right, we sometimes self-sabotage and say, well, you know what? Uh-uh. He's too nice. Some gotta be up. Now, don't get me wrong. Get some, get some assholes out there that will try you in that way. But not every person is that way. It was, um, Jennifer Lewis. She made a quote and I wish I could remember it verbatim, but I don't, of course. But she said, um, something to the, 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 the lines of, Get comfortable with loving yourself first. No, I'm sorry. Love yourself first so that way when love approaches you, when the right and genuine love approaches you, you are comfortable with it. And that was mind-blowing for me. Y'all know I love saying that. Everything is mind-blowing. But that was mind-blowing because it's so real. How can I get comfortable? How can I receive the love that I also deserve if I'm not even comfortable with loving myself? So when we talk about the soft life, the affection, and and the, the PDA, and it ain't always somebody tonguing you down or slapping your ass in public. It's maybe someone giving you a hug or maybe it's someone, you know, being a true, genuine person and, and showing, you, showing you with action that they actually love and care for you. How can I receive that without reluctance if I'm not comfortable with even being that way with me? If I'm not showing myself grace, if I'm not showing myself the soft life, if I'm not catering to my needs before I go and request somebody else to do that. Somebody pass the offering plate because I know, I know for a fact I'm preaching. (laughs) So that was a big one for me because I have always been the quote-unquote strong friend. I've always been the friend that don't necessarily wear my heart on my sleeve. I am sensitive with certain people, the people that I trust the most, my best friends, my mom. I can be very sensitive with them, with my family. I can cry at the drop of a dime. No problem. You have hurt my feelings. You will know it. But the people that don't necessarily know me and are still trying to build rapport with me, I'm, I'm hard. I'm strong. I got this hard exterior, you know, I'm a strong friend, can't nothing break me. Um, I used to be an ice queen way back when. (laughs) And when I say ice queen, I was just like, yeah, I don't show no emotions. I don't cry. I don't hug. I don't miss you. Don't go on, go on about your business. Okay. Um, I remember, you know, when I first started dating in college or whatnot, and I was, you know, hanging out with different guys or whatever. Occasionally, I would, you know, hang out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't even know how to hug a man in like a romantic type of way. I had no idea. I remember. I don't know if my best friend remember this, Jamia. If you do, girl, <laughs> Lord have mercy. She taught me how to hug a man because I was like clueless. I knew I was giving him church hugs, but I'm like, how do I give the intimate hugs? Like, how close do I go in? Do I put my arms under or over? Do I go, like, what do I do? And it was so mind-boggling because this seemed like, you know, everyday typical. Like, hey, she knew how to do this. Me, same age, you know, we go to the same school. Like, how? why don't I know this? Why? Why did I not? Why don't I come equipped with this information? (laughs) 
And I remember her showing me and like legit, your girl was Googling how to hug a man romantically. I kid you not. Um, but it took practice. It took me opening up and peeling the layers back and be mindful that one, everybody's not going to be on the same, you know, I guess you could say timeline as you. So as you progress with whatever, you know, journey you're on, whether that's self love, uh, healing journey, whatever it is, you can't compare your, your timeline to others. And then two, there's deeper meanings with a lot of people's barriers. So maybe you aren't affectionate like me. There could be a deeper meaning to that. There could be a deeper trauma connected to that as to why you have this barrier. And for me, it was some past things that maybe I've gone through that I hadn't really talked about or really tapped into or even acknowledged that really held me back from being close or getting close to anyone. And I'm not just going to put that on men. Um, I mean, granted, I'm only dating men. But even with my friends, like I didn't hug my friends. I didn't tell my friends that I love them. Um, you know, my friends were affectionate. They wanted to show me love like that. But it took me a while to get comfortable with them like that. Now, hell, I'm saying it every other day. You know, we in our group text, hey, y'all, blah, 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 I love y'all. You know, and I mean it. I, I genuinely mean it. Um, but it's getting comfortable with that whole affection because I wasn't raised in a household where my mother was ultimately extremely affectionate. And like, don't get me wrong. My mother loved me. I know that for a fact. My mother loves me. Um, but that wasn't her strong point. She wasn't an affectionate person. So I literally replicated what I saw. And if she didn't give out hugs, if she didn't prefer people to touch her, I didn't give out hugs and I didn't prefer people to touch me. Um, but I'm so grateful for where I am now and so grateful for the different things that I was exposed to and the different people that luckily they knew better and they knew that there was a different way um, that I could possibly look at this thing and, and really tackle where that barrier was that they were able to help me. Like my best friend, Jamia helped me become more open with the fact that people want to love on you. Let that person love on you. Not every person is out to get you. But once again, it takes patience. It takes time. It takes grace. It takes understanding. It takes knowing that Rome wasn't built overnight. So allow yourself the time to get to know you, what you need, what you require in order for you to feel like this is a safe space for me to actually be open to that. Um, so affection was one where I really had to work on that thing and I still am working on it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm a little bit more affectionate now, <laughs> but it takes some time. Like, it's not something that I just do right off back with the next man that I meet. But once I feel comfortable around you, of course, I want to hug from you. Of course you can kiss me. Of course, you know, we can Netflix and chill. Hey, hey. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Okay, maybe I'm not. But that type of thing. Of course, I want to show you attention. Not saying that I'm out here doing this to everybody because truth be told, if you know me, you know that is damn sure not what I'm doing. But it's saying if I feel like I can be that intimate with you, if I feel like this is a safe space, if I feel like I can be vulnerable with, vulnerable with you in that realm, then absolutely, I want you to know. I want to feel you. I want to feel your presence. I want, hell, I want to be in your skin. And I want you in mine. I heard that on TV one day. And I was like, that is so damn funny. But, you know, in addition to also learning boundaries, to knowing, okay, I do have a limit. I do have, um, I can only take so much. Like, yes, I want to be in your skin. I want you in mine. But after so many hours, my boy, I need a little space because, you know, that's just my personality. <laughs> I know. I know, y'all. I know. I, I'm still working. I'm still working. Um, But it's just knowing, knowing the person, getting to know that person, getting to know you, getting to know what you require as a person. 
And that's important. That's important before we get to mixing other people in our, in our, you know, in our realms, in our world. Before I introduce somebody to my world, I need to know me through and through. And of course, I'm going to ever be evolving, forever be learning and, and expanding as a person. But I need to know the core of me. Because how can I require you to learn me and I haven't even learned me? You know? So those are just some examples of how I look at self-love and what I think it is. And as I've always said, self-love and love period and standards and expectation, all of this shit evolves. Because over time, you evolve. So what I was or what I required at 25 is not the same thing that I require or what I need at 32. If I was in a season at 25 in a dark place at 25, maybe I was more needy at 25. But if I'm in a more stable place at 32, I'm in a more structured place at 32, I may not require as much. And that's, once again, another moment where you have to be patient with the process. Be patient with yourself. Give yourself the grace. Give yourself the ability and the room to grow, to expand, to see where life can take you. Be soft with yourself. Mm. So the next point is, of course, I had to define, after I defined the self-love, I had to define define. The love languages. All right. I didn't get in tune with what I need from me, from me. What we need from somebody else. Okay. Okay. How, how can you tap into my love language? And I'm pretty sure everybody have heard about the love language test and the five love languages and all of that. If you haven't, Google it. Okay. Google it. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you. Love languages, y'all already know. Uh, this is my go-to thing. You gonna need what? God and Google, okay? <laughs> so if you don't know, there are five love languages based upon this book, and the book is by Gary Chapman. It's called the First. I'm sorry. Ooh, I need my glasses. Sorry, y'all. The five love languages: How to express heartfelt commitment to your mate. And this can be used not just in in uh, romantic relationships, but with friendships, with any type of relationship where you are interacting with a different person, with another person. So the five love languages. Okay. It says we all give and receive love in five different ways. You have words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Once again, words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. So initially when I first was introduced to this whole concept, the book and everything, I took the test. Um, I think there's a test online. You can Google it, whatever. But I took the test and it came up with the only two that I can remember is words of affirmation. And this was probably, let's just say, three years ago, maybe. So, words of affirmation and acts of service. Those were my top two, my primary two. I don't remember the third one because I think typically they rank it like primary, secondary, third. Yeah. Um, the top two was words of affirmation and acts of service. Right? So, I knew that. Through and through. I knew that I needed people to encourage me, to motivate me, to speak those kind words into me. I knew that I needed to hear that because that's something that maybe I possibly lacked during my childhood. Not saying that my mother didn't give me, um, she didn't uplift me or she didn't encourage me, but she had her own version of doing that, her own way. But in this term, I needed words of affirmation. I needed someone to pour into me verbally, like reassure me to the point of, hey, today's going to be a good day. We're going to be a, we're going to be awesome today. We're going to have a great day. You're going to have a great day. You're amazing. That type of thing. I needed encouragement. Um, the other way to, of course, signal me via love language was acts of service. I wanted someone to show me their action of love, show me that by doing, 
that doesn't necessarily mean I want you to go out here and spend X amount of money, take me on a shopping spree. I mean, if you want to do that, and that's not even that love language. Acts of service means maybe my trash hasn't been thrown or taken to the dumpster, and you do that without me asking. If you ever wanted to turn me on, do something without me asking. My boy. <laughs> you have won the jackpot. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. It's a little bit more than that. But that is one of the key components. Doing for me without asking, taking the initiative, um, being considerate, um, really learning, getting to know me, learning what it is that I need assistance with, what will make my life easier. Because here's the kicker. Nine times out of ten, I'm already thinking about how I can do that for you. And I think that's the nurturing part of just women. But for me especially, if you tell me you're a single man, we're talking, we're getting to know one another, the first thing I want to do is cook for you. Because that's one of my 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 ways of expressing my love and my affection. I want to nurture you. I want to cook for you. I want to make life simpler for you. Maybe you said, oh... You know, I got this stain in my clothes and I can't get it out. I want to tell you how to get it out. Matter of fact, drop it off at my house. I'll figure it out. And I'll make sure I have it folded and dried and, and, and you come pick it up tomorrow. I'm that that person. And it can be a pro and a con. Okay? The con is you're doing it to people that don't deserve it. But we'll get to that in a whole nother subject. In a whole nother topic. Okay? Because <laughs> baby, baby. But... um. Y'all have made me lose my train of thought. But yes, what I was saying was those acts of service, you taking the initiative, you thinking about what it is that I would consider being considerate, you being thoughtful like that, you trying to help ease maybe a pain point for me. You may be saying, hey, um, I'm going to pick you up from work today. It's raining. Or maybe you saying, hey, you know what? I know you love Starbucks. Um, in the morning, I know you were rushing this morning. I'm going to go ahead and pick up some Starbucks for you. Or, um, hey, I know you're taping the podcast and um, you haven't had a chance to cook dinner. So, I'm going to cook some for you and I'll drop it off to you. Like, that type of stuff? Yes. Acts of service. Um, those were my main two. But, as time evolves... <laughs> Remind you, this is still in my main frame, my mind frame of, you know, I'm not the most affectionate. I'm still kind of, I'm a little iffy on the whole, like, you know, being affectionate, being, you know, soft with your mate or whatever the case is. Being that, um, yeah, I guess the word is affectionate. Being affectionate to those that are pursuing me or whatnot. So I'm still iffy on that. I'm still reluctant. So, of course... I don't have that in mind when it comes to my love languages. Well, time evolves. <laughs> time evolved. And all of a sudden, I take the test again recently, within the last year, and I realize my love language has changed. It hasn't changed, but one has been added. And that one was physical touch. You see what I mean? So it's not that that has never been there. Maybe that little, that part of me has been suppressed for so long because in my mind, physical touch, PDA, affection, I wasn't comfortable with it with myself. So no, I'm not going to say that's the way you can connect or that's the way you can get my attention or that's the way my love connects with yours. Like, I'm not going to say that because I'm not even comfortable with it. But it's not saying that, it's not what I require. I just haven't gotten to that point in my life or in my journey. Mm. So I now realize that, yes, it's going to take words of affirmation. Yes, it's going to take acts of service. And yes, it's going to take that I need that affection from you. I need to see the action. I need to feel your presence. I need that hug. As much as I used to say, oh, don't hug me, I need that hug today. Today I need a hug. And it's okay for me to say that. I'm nothing less than, I'm nothing weak. It's okay for me to say I want a hug from you. 
It's okay for me to say, of course I want to kiss you. It's okay for me to go in for that. Especially if I feel safe and and I feel like I can be that person with you. I trust you enough for that. So now we know that obviously we need to, one, acknowledge, accept, and of course keep accountable when it comes to self-love. And then we also need to identify and understand our love languages when it comes to what we require from others and also what we present, what we give out. So input and output. Because more than likely what you're requesting is how you also present it out. But that doesn't necessarily mean it matches up to what that person needs. So keep that in mind as well, because your mate's love language may not match up to what yours is. My mate love language could be um, receiving gifts. And mine is acts of service. You see what I'm saying? So I need to find a way that I can identify or I can at least give him what his love language is. Once again, this should be shared with someone that can reciprocate the effort in learning what each other's love language is. So a part of that, or not a part, all of that is about what it's about me and it's about how it's expensive to be me, okay? It requires a lot of damn effort, which means I can't settle for someone giving me half mediocre missing the mark I can't settle for that because it requires so much from me it takes so much from me to love me so why would I settle for less from you that don't even make sense make it make sense so oh wow okay I'm pretty sure y'all heard that I live near a freeway so if you did I do apologize (laughs) my god if you didn't we gonna keep it moving um so yeah, that that is a part of why it's so expensive. That's the receipt right there. My boy, it's going to take a little bit more than you buying me some tacos. It's going to take a little bit more than you telling me I'm cute. It's going to take a little bit more than you saying what you doing every five minutes. I need more than that. And he should require more than that too. So then I get into the process of defining what peace and joy looks like. Mm. Defining what peace and joy looks like. So I know some are going to say, well, what about peace and happiness? You know, what about happiness? You say joy, not happiness. And don't get me wrong. I like happiness. I could be happy today and not tomorrow. I could be happy this minute and piss the next. I'm going to tell you something that I didn't recognize and realize until later on in life. I didn't realize that there's a difference between joy and happiness. They're not the same. And I'm going to break it down for you. You already know where I'm getting it from. (laughs) Hello. So joy. Joy is a result of our inner peace and satisfaction. Joy is the source within ourselves. I'm sorry. Source of joy is within ourselves, meaning you get it from within. It's not coming from an outside factor. Joy has a moral attribute to it. Joy outcome, the outcome for joy is self-realization and supreme satisfaction. Joy is more consistent or long lasting. Okay, so we we know what joy is. Now, what is happiness? Happiness is the result of an external force that brings satisfaction to us. Meaning, oh, I got a promotion. Oh, I found $20 on the ground. Oh, um, my boyfriend kissed me. Good morning. Oh, my cup of coffee was perfect. Oh, um, 
I bought a new outfit and it fits. Oh, uh, somebody just made my day. Oh my goodness. My crush responded to my DM. That's happiness. That's external force. That's other external factors contributing to what that current emotion is. It took something else outside of you to make you feel happy, to bring you satisfaction in that moment. Okay. Happiness is a source, I'm sorry, source of happiness is external. I should just put on my glasses at this point. (laughs) Happiness has a more materialistic attribute to it. So maybe a person, place, or thing brings you about that happiness. Happiness, the outcome may be mutual understanding, strengthening of our bonds with others, admiration. Okay. So remember, it's including something or someone else, not just self. Happiness is not that consistent since it typically depends on the external force that brings happiness to us. If that didn't explain it right then and there, then go ahead and cut the turn 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 the damn podcast off and just just try again tomorrow. <laughs> Um, but it clearly shows you that joy is more of an internal state of being. Joy is a state of being. I can find joy regardless of the external factors or forces. I can lose my job tomorrow, but I can still find joy in the fact that I can get another one. I can be evicted today, but I can still find joy in the fact that one, I'm still alive and two, I can get another apartment. I can um, have death in my family. Of course, I'm going to grieve. Of course, I'm going to have dark moments. Of course, I'm going to have bad days. But I can find joy knowing that this person is, you know, not suffering anymore. That this person is gone on to glory or whatever it is that you believe in when it comes to the afterlife. Um, I can find joy. Maybe I... I've paid all my bills and I don't have any more money. I can find joy in knowing that, one, I was able to pay all of my bills. Two, that I am well taken care of, that I'm able to maintain what it takes financially to take care of me and my family, um, and that I can always re-up. I can get it back. That's joy. Finding the pro in all of it, finding the the deep the inner inner peace in it all happiness goes from moment to moment it's an emotion that can be taken away at the drop of a dime it's an emotion that can be given to you by someone else it's an emotion that can be brought on by something else So once I found out the difference between the two, it clicked. It made sense that I was striving for happiness and not inner peace, not joy. And so nothing would remain consistent until I started to strive for joy. And so I started to strive for the the glass being half full and not half empty. Same way where you strive for excellence and not perfection. Make sense? So with, of course, joy versus happiness, you realize that, okay, what does inner peace look like? Inner peace to me, hell. Inner peace for me is being able to sleep at night and not losing an ounce of sleep based upon something I did or I thought or I said. Inner peace to me is knowing that I'm in my own space doing my own thing, my bills are paid, I'm taking care of myself, I'm able to take care of myself, my mind is still sane, because baby, people be (laughs) pushing the limit, do you hear me? I'm in this grateful mindset of, I'm just happy to be alive, that's inner peace for me. I'm not going back and forth with nobody's nigga, okay, because what I'm not going to do is that. Child, you can keep them, keep them before I do that. Um, inner peace to me is just me being able to be me 
Me being able to wake up every day and say, you know what, today, I'm not putting on a mask. I'm not doing this. I'm not putting on a facade. I'm being Junelle. I'm being Jew. I'm going to do my podcast today and I'm going to tell my truth. Regardless of what toes I may step on, regardless of what feelings may feel, you know, whatever, ruffled, whatever, feathers, it don't matter. I'm doing me. That's inner peace. I'm saying some shit and I'm stamping my name next to it. Yep, I said it. Quote me. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> to me, that's what inner peace looks like. Happiness to me is, oh, you know, maybe I was able to wash my clothes today, fold them all up, and hang my shit, and, and put all the shit away. That's happiness to me. Now, tomorrow, I'm going to have more dirty clothes. And now I'm back to me feeling, oh, my God, I'm overwhelmed. I don't feel like doing laundry. Oh, my God, I'm stressed. I'm stressed. I'm stressed. It's more stress. Inner peace is everlasting, is long-lasting. Um, and it's okay to seek happiness because we all should be happy. You know, you should have those moments. You should be able to feel that emotion. But for me, in my house, because it's only me here, we strive for joy. We strive for the everlasting Feeling of inner peace, joy, satisfaction, contentment of knowing I can sleep at night and be reassured that I'm giving 100% of who I am. And nobody can take that away from me. Not, Not a feeling, not a factor, not a thing, not a place, not a person, nothing. And that's when the light bulb went off for me. When I realize what is it that I'm getting up for every day that I'm striving for, it's beyond a job. It's it's beyond a nine to five. Let's just keep it real. It's beyond social media. It's beyond hanging out with the girls, hanging out with the guys. It's beyond the material stuff. It's beyond the fame. It's beyond people recognizing who you are. It's beyond the likes. It's beyond the comments. It's what's within your core it's the self-love it's the patience it's the grace it's the um the acceptance it's the accountability it's the love languages so I'm just saying, you know, I don't want to get on my soapbox, but I'm just saying once you identify those core items, life gets better. Life begins to evolve. And it goes up a whole nother notch. And of course, you're still going to have some bad days. Don't get me wrong. They are going to come because, baby, I've had them and I will continue to have them. But you start to learn more about yourself and recognize, okay, I'm having a moment. It's okay for me not to be okay. Now, how do I see myself out of this moment? Do I dwell in this moment? Do I stay down in this moment? How do I dig myself out of this hole? Because I know I can get out of this hole. Because the joy within me has told me yet again that I can get out of this hole. That I have something to look forward to. So, before I get too deep, you know, I've already collected one offering. I don't need to collect another. I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all about some people that I know. And I'll be right back. So, of course, I wanted to tell you a little bit about my friend here, Caprice Girl, with Love Her Cookies. She is our sponsor for tonight. And we want to shout her out because, baby, the website that I'm looking at with the cookies, I've heard amazing things. Y'all remember Amazing Hands? Mm-hmm. Shout them out too. Amazing Hand Cookies. Well, she told me about Love Her Cookies. Okay, and Caprice Cookies, from what she described them as, yeah, you need to get some. You need to get some. Caprice with Love Her Cookies got it going on. Let me just tell y'all some of the, the actual um, flavors she got. She got the brownie cookie, the butter cookie, the chocolate chip cookie, the double chocolate mint cookie. The double chocolate mint cookie. Did you hear me? She got the oatmeal raisin, the peanut butter. I love me a good snickerdoodle, the sugar cookie, the white chocolate macadamia. Like, she got it all. Who's a crumble cookie when you got a lover cookie? 
I'm just saying, and this is homemade cookies here. But she is definitely in Georgia. I got a lot of people in Georgia, but hey, y'all. She's in Georgia in the Atlanta area somewhere. I'm not really sure, but she has a site. Go ahead and check it out. Let me tell you what this site is. It is loveheercookies.com. Just that simple. Loveheercookies.com. Check out the site. Order you some cookies. And when I say we about to have a good old cookie time. It's about to be lit with all these cookies. I'm going to just go ahead and order me some now. I'm pretty sure she's ship, packed, whatever. Get you some cookies. Whether or not you in Georgia or not. Maybe one day you're going to wait until you're in Georgia. Either way, go to love her cookies. Okay? Because my girl Caprice got it going on. Needless to say, y'all check her out. Order you some cookies. Matter of fact, order me some while you're ordering. I'm, I'm going to either do the oatmeal raisin, the double chocolate mint, or you can give me the snickerdoodle. You can't never go wrong with snickerdoodle. But needless to say, check out loveheercookies.com and order you some today. All right. So we just shouted out our girl Caprice over there at Love Her Cookies, y'all. Y'all better go order them before I order up the whole doggone website now. <laughs> but no, um, we definitely want to show love to Caprice out there in Georgia with her, Love Her Cookies. Make sure y'all check them out. Um, so of course y'all know I end every show with Tales from the, from the Dump. And this one today has something to do with me. (laughs) I'm the villain. (laughs) And this Tales from the Dump is, um, I'm going to name this the Lonely Race. Okay. The Lonely Race. And it was basically, it happened in April. Now keep that in mind. April of 2022. So as I said earlier, your journey never ends. It's constant, constantly going. You're constantly learning things about yourself. You're constantly working on yourself. So don't think, oh, I've mastered this, so that's it. Oh, it's going to come back. It's going to come back again in a whole different form. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to test you again. It's going to test your gangster. Trust and believe it will. I know this for a fact. Um, so I was of course in therapy and I wanted, I was feeling like I needed to prove and reassure myself that I can be consistent, that I can be disciplined, that I can actually do something, stick to it and stick to what I say I was going to do. Okay. Complete the damn mission. Understand the assignment, Janelle. Damn. (laughs) So once again, um, I basically went, you know, and I'm like, well, what could I do? What could I do? What could I be consistent about? And one thing for sure, I love to walk. I love to just go and walk around and I could walk for miles. If I, you know, especially if it's something where I'm talking with somebody else or I'm looking at a new area, whatever the case is, I could walk. So I ended up going to work and I seen that they were having a 5k and I'm like, this is it. This is what I need to do to prove to myself that I can be consistent. And once again, I was not really showing myself the grace and the patience that I needed. I just wanted to prove a point. I wanted to show that I did it. I said I would do it and I completed the mission. So, um, I go, I sign up. I actually show up for the damn race. You know, I got proof. Look on my social media. You'll see it. I'm taking videos, taking pictures, but I was very, um, intentional about not inviting other people to the race to support me I mentioned it to family I mentioned it to some friends but I told them oh no big deal I'm good I'm just gonna go do what I need to do and come back home I don't need no support I don't need no whole little you know marching band I don't need anything I'm, I'm good it's just a little 5k I ain't never completed a damn 5k if anything I needed somebody there holding a damn poster but needless to say it worked out so I go I do the race and as I'm doing the race, I see people there with partners. I see people there with groups, with loved ones, with family. It was the um, March of Dimes uh, NICU babies. They were doing it for the NICU babies and the families of the NICU babies. So it was all a good cause. My intentions were all pure, like phenomenal. I complete the race. But as I said, as I'm going through, I'm noticing that people are there with other people. The majority of people are. And here I am by myself doing this race right so if you know me you know that I'm typically I'm I'm the social butterfly I'm the friend that brings all the other friends together I'm the one I'm the glue 
in most cases. And just about all of my friend groups, I am the glue. <laughs> so it's never a moment where I'm by myself for the most part. And in this case, I never realized how alone or how lonely I felt other than in this moment. I'm outside. I finished the race. I look around and everybody is like gathering with their groups or with their partner or with their people. They have people there supporting them with signs at the at the end of the race. And, oh, my God, you did it. You did it. Yay. Woo, all of that. And here I am. I'm by myself. And I remember telling someone um, when I was talking about my feelings, I remember telling my therapist, I said, I've never felt so alone in my life. Now, granted, I didn't move across the damn map. (laughs) Well, not across, but I didn't move to a whole different state than my family, the core of my family. This isn't my first move. I've moved somewhere else where I didn't know anybody. Um, I've, you know, went to schools where maybe I didn't know anybody. I've been a part of friend groups where I literally had to start from scratch. So being in new settings didn't really bother me. But in this moment, as much as I was saying I didn't want anybody there, I still needed someone there for that validation. I needed that reassurance. I needed that that feel good of, oh my God, you did it from other people. Those words of affirmation. So I remember sitting on a bench and I'm just like, well, I just did something really big. I just marked off and checked off a goal, which I'm still very proud of. But why do I feel so down? Why do I feel so depleted? Why do I feel so lonely? Like it was the loneliest moment ever. And then it dawned on me. I was put in that situation to understand that there are going to be so many moments where there won't be anyone around me to cheer me on. There won't be anyone around me to understand to there won't be anyone around me to show me the love that I ever so needed. It won't be anyone around me to cheer me on, to pat me on my back, to say good job, to recognize, acknowledge, um, to accept that, hey, you did it. You finally did something and you completed it to its full. But the only consistent person that's there is you. And it was such an aha moment. Y'all know I love saying it's mind-blowing. So we're going to stick to aha at this point. (laughs) It was such an aha and mind-blowing moment. Because it made me sit in that moment of, you got to cheer you on first. You got to love on you first. You got to sit in this moment with just yourself. And it's not discounting anybody that would have been there that shows me love on a regular, that shows me support. It's saying, I got to clap for me first. I got to be my biggest cheerleader before anybody else can be my cheerleader. Because there's going to be a moment where somebody's going to miss that moment. And it's okay because that's that's human nature. I'm going to be disappointed at times. It's going to be a moment where maybe you're too busy to, to come clap for me. But that still doesn't negate to the fact that I still have to clap for myself. That was the lesson in its own. I needed to sit in that moment, sit within myself. I literally sat on that bench for 45 minutes after the race. People had gone, moved on to like the little picnic area, and I'm still sitting there. And I'm like, but, and then it just finally dawned on me, you got to do this for you. You got to love on you. You got to appreciate you. You got to pat yourself on the back. You got to recognize you first. You got to be the cake and everybody else can be the icing. Let me say that one more time. Shit. Put that shit on a damn t-shirt. Put that on a t-shirt, somebody. Uh, you got to be the cake and everybody else can be the icing. And after that moment, I started to appreciate those moments of solitude a little bit better. I recognized them. Doing this podcast is a moment of solitude for me. Because I'm used to having conversations with other people. I'm used to having dialogue with other people where I can respond and react to their reactions or their response. But sitting in a room and talking to yourself 
just about <laughs> talking to yourself with no response, no reaction other than your own. It makes you sit in exactly what you say. You sit in your shit is exactly what I'm doing. So just as much as it may sound as if this is a self-help and, and me maybe stepping on toes or me ripping a bandaid off and really getting in that deep wound, this is, this is the first aid for me as well. This is therapy for me as well. I'm practicing what I preach. Well, I hope y'all took in what I, what I dished out today. I felt like this was something needed. It was on my spirit because we must, of course, acknowledge and accept and keep accountable for ourselves before we try to bring someone else in the mix. My grandmother used to say this all the time, and I really do believe she she meant it across the board. But she used to say charity starts at home and spreads abroad. And I know a lot of people apply that to like discipline and, you know, keeping up yourself and, and caring for your home or whatever the case is. But that means so much on every level of life. It starts right there with you. And then it spreads of our art to everyone else. You can't love someone else until you love on you. You can't properly show love until you show love to yourself. I can't understand you if I don't understand myself. I can't give to you if I can't give to myself. And that right there is true self-care. Whatever the hell I got to do to take care of me, I'm going to do that. So I can then reciprocate that. I can then replenish what you may need. I can then provide that for you. But I can't do that on an empty cup. I can't pour from an empty cup. I just can't. It's impossible. So, with that being said, keep that in mind. You know, um, going this week knowing that if don't nobody else love you, you got to love you. And also keep in mind that I love you. But if don't nobody else love your ass, you got to love you. If don't nobody else pop your shit, you got to pop your own shit. And I'm going to do that. So, you may get tired of seeing me on social media, which, by the way, make sure you interact and follow us on all social media platforms. As of right now, we're on Facebook. You can find us at Lace Convos with Jew Podcast. You can also find us on Instagram. It's at the at sign, Lace Convos with Jew. And we are just fairly new to TikTok. You can find us at, at Lace Convos with Jew. We also have a Twitter, but I'm working on that. Bear with me. Give me some grace. But just keep that in mind. Remember that. Remember that not just this week, but remember that through life. Love you first. You know what? Here's another one. Love you always in all ways. Let me say that again. Love you always, meaning the timeless. Always love yourself in all ways, in every shape, form, or fashion. In every season, love you. So with that being said, have a good week. And remember, keep it lace at all times.